Well, folks, we are live from Des Moines for the NCAA tournament where the Razorbacks will be taking on the Illinois Fighting Illini in the very first round of the NCAA tournament. So let's talk all about it. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday as we are live here from Des Moines. I'm sitting here downtown. I got a beautiful view of the downtown area and, and i'll say this pleasantly surprised so far at least I got to go out last night and get to check out some of the sites of uh what it looks like in downtown a lot of cool spots a lot of cool places so pretty impressed so far with des moines it's a lot better than some uh other ncaa tournament places that uh, arkansas has been at so far at least but uh we're gonna have a lot of great content for you and uh just follow me on my social media accounts of buzz john neighbors for all the journeys that we'll be going on together at the NCAA tournaments, we'll get to hear from us and some of the players and and uh, some of the people that are, of course, uh, going to be here and uh, be involved with Arkansas. So it should be a great week. And Arkansas taking on Illinois has got everybody wondering, all right, so what's going to happen with this team? What's going to happen against Illinois? What can we expect out of them? All of this fun stuff. Well, I'll tell you this. I have no idea. I have no idea. None of us do. Let's be honest about it. I can see Arkansas winning big. I can see Arkansas losing by a slim margin. I could see them doing what they always do by being able to have a really big lead, maybe even at halftime, and then blowing it. I could see all of those things happening in, in this particular game. So it's really frustrating. This has been a very frustrating season. It's been a very tough team to watch, a tough team to cover, a tough team to trust, just because of all of these factors. Now, I believe that Arkansas talent-wise and roster-wise, as we all know, is good enough to compete with anybody, and they've been able to hold their own with everybody. I mean, for crying out loud, they went on the road to Alabama and had a significant halftime lead against arguably the best team in the country. They did that. They didn't finish, but they did They did that. Uh, they were able to do pretty much everything when it came to games against A&M, anything they wanted in the first halves of those games, but couldn't finish. It's just the inconsistency is what makes it extremely frustrating for all the different reasons. And I understand that as a Razorback fan, you're like, I'm not having a lot of hope. I'm not having a lot of confidence. I'm not feeling really good about what this is going to be or where it's going to go or anything like that. Totally understand it. I don't blame anybody for not having that confidence level as to where it's at. But I do believe, though, with this game, particularly against Illinois, it's a matchup that I feel like favors Arkansas as long as they're able to utilize the strengths that they do have and be able to take care of business against Illinois. I've talked to some, a few Illinois media members and people that cover the team and cover them from you know beginning to end and know all about them. And one of the questions I always pose to them is simply, all right, well, for Illinois, what's the thing that they struggle with the most? What What's the type of system or the type of play or the type of matchup that they really struggle with the most? And almost every single one of them has said that anytime they go up against really strong guard play, they don't really do a good job defensively or offensively. And that right there is pretty much summing up that if Arkansas did have a strength or if at least they did have a particular set of players that were really, really good at what they do, it would be simply the guard play. 
They have elite guard play. Anthony Black, Nick Smith, Devo Davis, Ricky Council. When they put it together, it's elite. And individually, there are elite talents, but it's about putting it together. So if we can just see the team that we've seen guard-wise in a few games this year, or if just, for instance, if they could even just show out the way that they did in the game against Auburn in the SEC tournament, where you had A.B., Smith, and Walsh all play really well. Council had a nice little game, too. Of course, Devo doing Devo things. If they can just do that, they will win this game, I believe. But the thing about Illinois that they're going to have to watch for is Illinois is incredible at blocking shots. In fact, it's the first team Arkansas is going to play this year that is better at blocking shots than Arkansas, which Arkansas has done a really good job. So the question is going to become is that when they go inside, when they when they dribble drive or when they set pick and rolls or whatever it may be, when they try to go inside, what is it? What's the result going to be? Are they going to be able to do a good job of converting and, and executing those plays? Well, since they're so good at blocking shots, that may be a struggle. So what can they do? Well, if they can't get to the hole and make the shot, the next best thing is just being able to get to the foul line, which we I know they have not been great at foul th uh, free throw shooting. But Illinois is even worse. So if they are able to just get to that point and to be able to get to the foul line fairly often, get some of their bigs in foul trouble, you know, maybe have them back off a little bit, just change the element, change the game, that to me would also be something that Arkansas can take care of business. But if they start going inside and the officials start letting them play and letting them be physical and all of that, then these start really running into a problem. And I don't know if Arkansas is going to be able to rely on anybody else or rely on three-point shooting or outside shooting instead of driving into the lane to be able to get any sort of offense going. So that could be extremely problematic if Arkansas is not able to take that next step and to be able to uh, convert on those types of plays because they said that'll just be a bad deal. So I'm hoping that that'll be the case. And the other thing you got to remember is that you can say what you want, but Eric Musselman is incredible at game planning when he has multiple days to do it. I think that he's still got an impeccable record whenever he has four days or more to prepare for a team. I don't know if he's undefeated, but he's certainly high up there. And he's certainly got uh, a really great resume and a really great win-loss record when it comes to those things there, too. So uh, I, I think that they can take care of business in that regard. But the question then becomes, OK, well, let's look at let's look at the future. Let's look at the pot or what's kind of moving forward with it. Can what 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 can be a successful season at this point? I mean, seriously, what can be a successful season at this point for Arkansas? Is it, is it actually going to the Elite Eight again? Is that the only thing that's going to have people viewing this season as a success? Is it going to the Sweet 16? Like, what is it for you is the question. What is it for you? Think about that. Regular season's over. You can't do anything about that. And all you can do about it is right now in March. For you to say that this year was a success, that's all that matters to me is postseason. What do you deem this year as a success? To me, I believe that it would be a complete success if Arkansas made it to the Sweet 16. Because you would beat Illinois and more than likely would beat Kansas, an incredible team and a defending champion, to get there. Now, I'm not predicting they are, but I'm just saying that that is what I would consider to be for, like if you got there, if you got to Vegas, got to the Sweet 16, anything after that is bonus. I look at it as, hey, year was great. Year was great. Sweet 16, considering all where it was, what was happening, what went on with this team, for them to beat Kansas and to make it to Vegas into the Sweet 16, I would be 
completely and totally satisfied. Now, if they beat Illinois and lost to Kansas, I wouldn't consider the year a high success. I would consider it fine. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't say that this was just an epic failure or anything like that. If they beat Illinois and lose in the round of 32 to Kansas, I'd be like, you know, it didn't go the way we all hoped and thought, but it could have gone a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. Blow this thing up and let's see what we can do next year. Like it would just be a, okay, it was fine, good, made to the tournament, won a game, that's awesome. That would give Mus seven NCAA tournament wins in three years, really good, but, you know, not exactly just uh, making me feel all, all cozy about the way that the year went. Now, if they lose to Illinois, it's going to be just a, a disappointment is what's going to be viewed at. It's going to be a complete and total disappointing season from beginning to end. Regular season, uh, SEC tournament, NCAA tournament, disappointing. And it's tough to win games in the NCAA tournament. We see teams that are really good lose teams that aren't as good all the time. So it's not like out of the realm of possibility. But to me, it simply becomes like I see so many fans from other schools try to argue about, well, regular season titles to the SEC or the SEC tournament titles. We're hanging those banners. I'm sorry. And, and, and I'm, sure, I'm sure they're fine. And I, I wouldn't mind it. Like, it'd be great. I'd be definitely something I would want to celebrate if they won the SEC regular season. But I don't judge teams and schools and seasons and coaches and whoever by conference tournament wins or conference championships, regular season or tournaments. I only care about the NCAA tournament. Because you know what? You know who won the SEC tournament last year? Maybe some of you don't even know. It was Tennessee. All right. They lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament. What would you have rather had last year? The season that Arkansas did by going to the Elite Eight? Or winning the SEC tournament but losing in the round of 32? I'm taking the Elite Eight all day long and twice on Sunday. Forget that SEC stuff. I'm taking that. That's what matters to me. Again, if you can do it all, that's great. But I am all about March Madness, NCAA tournament. That's what matters. So if Arkansas is able to go to the Sweet 16, the second weekend, I'm not saying they will. Trust me, I'm not. It would be quite the impressive feat and the miracle and one of the best coaching jobs that Muss has ever done, and he would absolutely need a raise and extension right after the Kansas game, if they ever, if they got to that point. But if they were able to just get to that and get to Vegas in the second weekend, I wouldn't care what happened in the regular season. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care about the games that they lost or anything like that. I'd be satisfied because not only would you be in great position to keep moving forward because you already beat the one seed in your particular division, but you're in Vegas. I mean, come on. You'd probably play like UConn. Maybe a Gonzaga if you made it past that. Maybe a UCLA. It could happen. I mean, you could, you could if you, if you, if you get by Kansas, anything's possible. Let's be honest. But I'm not predicting it. But that's how I would view the season as a success if they were able to do that right there. That that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, folks, got to tell you about the midway point being of the NBA season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book, and the reason being is because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained, all those different things you can take care of your business with. And also with FanDuel, it even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. 
So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, I thought this was an interesting thing in baseball, which I think is going to be all-encompassing when it comes to SEC, so... Uh, I wanted to bring it up. I love this idea, too. But according to the SEC and what they're going to be looking at with scheduling formats, once the new teams of Texas and Oklahoma come together, we, we, we have an idea of what it looks like for football, and maybe we'll have an idea of basketball. But in baseball, it looks like each season, uh, if every team will play a three-game series against a two-permanent opponent setup with eight rotating conference opponents. So still going to have 30 conference games. And uh, you're still going to have that. But divisions are getting done away with. There's not going to be East and West anymore. It's just going to be all one conference with 16 teams doing the format that way. And whoever wins it gets, you know, has the best record. And then everybody has two permanent rotating opponents. Now, it hasn't been named as far as who will have it. When it comes to the baseball side of things, I would think and I would hope, I think Arkansas would be playing Texas and Ole Miss. That would, to me, is, is, is would be the best. I think that the SEC wants the rivalry with Texas and Arkansas to continue on. I think in every sport, Arkansas should play Texas as a permanent opponent, whether Texas wants to or not, but especially in baseball, like that's a great thing. And uh, even though football may not get all the love or even basketball at times, Razorback baseball is definitely one of the elites. And so I think that there would be a great chance of them getting Texas and Ole Miss because of the history and the rivalry and the locations and all that would also uh, make sense too. So I, I would hope that that would be the case in baseball. We'll have to wait and see, but it certainly gives you an idea of what it's going to look like going forward when it comes to maybe some of the other major sports too. I've been saying forever that I feel like in football divisions need to be done away with. I understand that some people like the East West and, and like the setup and playing these opponents and all that, but I don't, I think at the time when you get to 16 teams, you don't need divisions. I think basketball was ahead of their curve when they, or they got rid of divisions. And if you think about it, folks, like have we ever complained about not being in divisions anymore in basketball? I know I haven't. I like playing other teams multiple times instead of just playing the SEC West teams twice every year and then only one time for the other teams and then calling it good. The divisions has not changed anything, and they are able to seed the tournaments in the way that they're supposed to by being, okay, well, who's the best teams in the conference? Seed them that way. It's the same thing when it comes to baseball. I, I think that divisions are overrated. I think that they need to change them up, and I think that you're starting to see that. So when it comes to that side of things, we know in baseball, or at least that, that that's what they're going to be going to. In basketball, you already have three rotating opponents that are permanent. <clears throat> but the question is going to become is, are they going to stick with LSU, A&M, and Missouri? Because that's who Arkansas has right now. I think in baseball, they'll change it. Damn, sorry. <laughs> so, a little water on me. But yeah, so it's, I think that'll stay the same. And I also think that something like... Uh, for instance, in football, because of the news coming out about them having uh, <coughs> having LSU or not LSU, Ole Miss, Texas, and Missouri, reportedly, according to Ross Dellinger, being the teams that are going to be Arkansas's permanent opponents, I'm like, okay, I love that. I think that's great. If, if that ends up being the case, sign me up. Arkansas-Texas is always a great historic rivalry. That's a big time game. 
Arkansas, Ole Miss, you never know what the heck's going to happen in that game. Madness and craziness happens. But the nice thing is Arkansas normally wins. Arkansas's owned Ole Miss in football essentially over the past decade. So that's nice. But then the Missouri one, of course, is like, that's so dumb, so stupid. I hate that game because Arkansas should beat Missouri more often than not, but they haven't been able to. But I get it. They'll stay at the end of the season, and it'll just be the way it is. So I, I understand all of that. I get all of that. But I just like the way that they're trying to get rid of divisions, and it looks like the scheduling format is all changing. And, again, I'm all for it. I, I like it. I like the way it's going. And I also got – I have to give a shout-out because I'm not going to do this very often. So, like, write this down, mark the tape, whatever you want to do. I'm going to give a shout-out to Greg Sankey and the SEC for understanding and respecting the Arkansas-Texas rivalry. Because if Arkansas and Texas play each other every year in football, you know how many other teams would love to play Texas every year in football? Like, but they won't. Arkansas gets that because they understand the history and the tradition. That's why I think they'll get in in, in football. I think they'll get in baseball. And they may even get in basketball. We'll see. But I'm, I'm appreciative of that. They, they didn't just give Arkansas the scraps. It's like, no, Craig Sankey and the SEC understand Arkansas-Texas is a thing. Let's make that happen. Let's make it work. Let's give them that. So shout out to you guys because, again, mark the tape because it's not going to happen very often. All right, we'll close up shop and get you a little spring football updates here on the other side of the break. So stay with us here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Rock Locked On Razorbacks podcast. We know spring football is going on, and a few uh, updates of note uh, when it comes to uh, some injuries and everything. All this, all according to, of course, Hawksports.com. Trey Biddy doing a great job covering all things spring football. But uh, it looks like Arkansas wide receiver Jaden Wilson uh, was involved in a car accident. Luckily, uh, he's not too banged up, but he did end up with a, a cracked tibia. Now, I say too banged up. I'm just saying in a car accident, you know, it always could be a lot worse. So it's glad that he's at least going to be able to recover. But it is a significant injury, and uh, he was rolling with the first team, actually, when it came to uh, spring drills at the wide receiver position. So kind of sucky. But the thing is, is that uh, he's going to be out about six weeks. So he's pretty much going to miss all of spring practice, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to, to come back and be all right. He's 6'3", 178 pounds. We know that the wide receiver position, Arkansas needs all the depth that they can get. Uh, but uh, like even Sam Pittman said that he's perfectly fine. Don't want to scare anybody, but he did go through that. He'll be on crutches for 10 days, and then he'll be back. So it looks like uh, he's going to be uh, dealing with that type of injury there, too. So uh, I hate to see that. I hate to see anybody get injured, but especially players that were rolling with the ones and being pretty significant and big time players when it comes to uh, this upcoming spring. So hopefully he ends up recovering. OK, but from what I've just been hearing, not only from reading reports uh, from people like at Hawk Sports and also uh, people there at practices and everything, you know, it's, it's a slow but surely progress that's coming along. Uh, the quarterback position, apparently Cade Fortin's been taking a lot of the second team snaps uh, with Jacoby Cripwell getting right there. Like just, he, he, I think that he's going to overtake Cade Fortin eventually when it comes to uh, getting used to the system and everything, and he'll, he'll be in that position. Uh, I think that the wide receiver is always going to be uh, an area of note because you have so many new faces there. A lot of the uh, transfers and the guys that have come in, you're hoping that can at least be impactful players immediately. That's going to be big. So, you know, it, it's just a question of what, what is this going to look like when it's all coming together? You know, how's it going to go when it's all coming together? We're not going to know this spring. Like the spring is just not, it's not going to be that thing. It's not that, it's not that vibe. It's not that life. But what it, what it can do is can provide at least a little bit of an insight as to, uh, to what's going on. But I'm, I'm hearing that 
the defense is coming along. They're still shuffling around a lot of the secondary guys because you also got to remember, too, some of the transfers or some of the recruits that they're getting in, not all of them are going to be coming in the spring. Some of them are going to have to wait till summer or, or whatever it may be. Like, uh, like the, for instance, the, the Singletary kid, the five-star from Georgia, you know, he's not playing spring right now. So, like, there's going to be some some moving pieces there. But it comes down to in the spring, like, what people ask me is, like, well, what do you get out of spring or what do you want to know about spring? What do you want to see uh, from the team? Honestly, I'll, the only thing I want to see is I just want to see some sort of development when it comes to particular positions like the quarterback position and Danny Enos and being the new offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach. What does that look like? I want to see changes in KJ, not significant ones because I still want to, I love KJ, but I want to see him, you know, how does he go? How does he look with this new coach and this new offense? Does he look comfortable? Does he get it immediately? Is it something that he's, he's really on point with, or is it going to take a little bit? Is it going to be a a process? I want to see that. I want to see how he's doing with the new wide receivers. Is there a good rapport? Is there a good chemistry there? Are they looking good? Those things are going to take time. Also, defensively, I want to see what the secondary looks like overall. How are they looking? How are they coming along? Is it going to be a bigger process than what anybody thought? Those are the big questions that are going on. But either way, I've it's still early, but nothing, uh, nothing too big of note. But we'll try to keep you updated as much as possible, even though we're live here in Des Moines. But appreciate all of you listening into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Buzz John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.